0: G'day everyone and welcome to the Doctor Who Show Presents. If I could go back in time and tell the 13-year-old me busy writing fan mail to Sophie Aldred in 1988 that one day I would be able to have a podcast speaking to millions of people and not only that, I'd be able to call Sophie for a chat on a Saturday night. I would have said, go home future me, you're drunk. Yet, one of those things has come true. Hello Sophie Aldred.
1: Hello Rob! (laughs) I love that. (laughs) How are you? I'm great, thanks. We've only just got up, so yeah, we—I've ha- got a bit of an advantage. I'm—I'm I'm kind of—I'm not drunk yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's—it uh, is a little late here in Sydney, but that's okay. I'm—I'm I'm very excited to be doing this, so the adrenaline's keeping me going. Great. And that wasn't made up about the fan mail either. I did write to you. You replied. It was lovely.
1: Did I? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I—I'm always very good about replying to fan mail because. I think that if somebody's gone to the effort to write to you and and offer, usually they've they've gone out and especially if they're coming from Australia or overseas, they've gone out to the post office. They've bought a little um, post office thing that they can give me, which mm-hmm. I can go and get a stamp with and all that. I think, well, they've made all that effort, and I just I can't bear to imagine what it must be like to be a young boy or girl and waiting for that that envelope and it never to arrive so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always um I'm always mindful of that
0: well the one thing I remember about it is that the handwriting of my address was the same handwriting as where you'd written you know to Rob you know love Sophie and I thought oh my god she's written my address as well
1: (laughs) yep yep I do all that
0: (laughs) Which is fantastic (laughs) Anyway, of course, we'll end up talking Doctor Who later on or the listeners will revolt. But the primary reason we're here is to talk about the Strangest in Space Season 1 finale Kickstarter.
1: Mmm, yes, bring it on. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, it's actually going very well. We're really pleased.
0: Absolutely. But I guess before we dive into the specific Kickstarter goodness, because I've I've actually picked up the latest stats and where things are at at the moment, so we can talk oh, about you that. Oh, yeah. have, I have, yes. We'll talk about that in a moment. But perhaps you could tell our listeners who haven't heard of Strangeness in Space uh, uh, briefly, what is it and what's your role in it?
1: Yes, I certainly will. So Strangeness in Space is a podcast and it's a science fiction audio adventure. Uh, it's a comedy, which is... Something that people won't be used to to seeing with me, apart from on the children's shows I used to do in the in the 90s. But um, this has been written specially for me by Trevor and Simon. Trevor and Simon, who were a couple of idiots who used to mess about on Saturday <laughs> morning TV in the 1990s, and um, we actually ha- we were at university together. Years ago, and I always loved their brand of humour. They got together, they did a double act back at university way back then, and I always loved that, loved it. So uh, another of our friends from Manchester University, Claire Eden, who's our executive producer, she cunningly got us together and and thought, hmm, I think we should all do something together. So we, uh, Trev and Simon, came up with this great script, which is basically. I play a character called Sophie, funnily enough, <laughs> and I am a gift uh, gift shop manager, but it's a gift shop with a difference because it's a NASA gift shop at a space centre. <laughs> and I don't know whether you have such a thing in, in Australia, but... In the UK, we have our own mini NASA, I guess, which is in a very unlikely place, which is in the Midlands called uh, Leicester. And we were all there at Leicester Space Centre and Claire suddenly thought, "Mm, this would be a good idea. So anyway, I play the manageress of a gift shop uh, in a space centre. And inadvertently, Trev, Simon and Sophie get blasted off into space in a space rocket and we end up orbiting a planet which is remarkably like Earth, but it's called Mirth, and we keep having to go down to the planet Mirth to uh, to find supplies and all sorts of things, and madness ensues. Trev and Simon are a 1980s pop synth duo called Pink Custard, which is loosely based on the 80s band Blamange and they come up with a ridiculously terrible song every episode. Which has got to be heard to be believed.: They are fantastic: and Yeah, they are, aren't they? Uh, fantastically awful. <laughs> um, and, and i uh, I love playing my character, Sophie, because she gets, she just gets exasperated the whole time with them, and um, she's quite sciencey as well, and there's a funny side to her, but she spends an awful lot of time kind of being despairing about. The uh, the idiocy of Trev and Simon, and we also have a lot of fantastic guest stars. We have a f- another friend of ours from Manchester University, actually, called Dune McKeen, who did a lot of comedy in the 90s and she still goes she does a fantastic show at the moment i don't know whether you get it in australia called toast toast of london which we, is um all about voiceover artists do you get that one we,
0: we certainly do we even have it on netflix here so it's very easy oh, for people do. to see yeah it's
1: fantastic oh, fantastic well if you haven't seen that you must watch it because i do a lot of voiceovers so i find it particularly poignant and dune plays this fantastic agent in it, uh, just so beautifully. Anyway, she plays our bonkers narrator, who's called Bounty Flightingale, and she kind of butts into the action every now and again. Uh, we also have an onboard computer called Lemon, and he is played by Barnaby Edwards, who was um, who is the inside of many a Dalek um, ah. on Doctor Who. Yeah. And he's a fabulous actor. So it's great to have him. And then we have guest stars as well. We have um, we've had Alexi Sale, who you might remember from The Young Ones years ago and all sorts of all sorts of shows. We have Rufus Hound, who's a very well-known comedian in uh, in the UK. Uh, we have um, Patterson Joseph, who's a fabulous actor. Who he plays a wonderful character for us called the Puppy Master, in a in a in an extraordinary French accent. Um, and he, yeah, oh well, it's got to be heard to be believed, really.
0: I'm going to play a clip from that. Actually, that's a that's a very funny cool. segment.
1: <laughs> great, oh, now- thank you. Who are you, giant Frenchman? I could have said
0: that. I am the Puppy Master. Oh, you mean like the Puppet Master? Yes, but without the copyright issues.
1: So you control all these puppies?
0: Oui, je suis les puppies. The puppies are me, and I am them.
1: Oh, so many questions. Like, um, How?
0: Of course, it's also worth mentioning Rufus Hound and Patterson Joseph have both been in recent episodes of Doctor Who as well, so another tie-in there.
1: There you go. Yeah, we it's it we are all one.
0: <laughs> how how is it working with co-stars like that? I imagine they're in and out fairly quickly, but does it give you some chance to hang out and catch up, or dream up some more mad schemes, or anything like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was it was a, well. Rufus, we recorded him uh, first. He was in our, I think, our second episode or something anyway he is a big fan of uh Trev and simon and also a big fan of doctor who so and he had just literally come hot foot from the set of doctor who when he recorded for us um, and we were we recorded that episode in claire's living room um in uh, southwest london our, our glamorous studio location um, and it was great because it gave us a chance just to hang out with him to be at home in Claire's house we had lunch together and just had a really good laugh there's we did some uh wacky photos as well there's a great photo of, of him and me I'm very very small and he's very very big it was was great fun and then with Patterson um he was working in town so the lovely people at Soho Studios um, were able to help us out with that. So uh, we recorded him in Soho Studios. But again, it was just really lovely to be with him. I'd done a big Finnish uh, Doctor Who audio adventure with him a couple of years ago now, I think. So that's how the contact came through that. Um, And he was delighted to do it. Um, And uh, that was great because simon is a huge fan of his so he was overwhelmed at meeting him so that was that was
0: lovely oh very cool in general how do you record is it all together at the same time uh, and how long does it take
1: yeah we we love to record together and in fact i do loads of voiceovers and and it's always nicer if you're doing an ensemble piece to record as a an ensemble cast the only thing is it's kind of um it's it's sometimes a bit more difficult so I do find with things like animations that they don't always do it that way they just do it like one one and on one mm. but uh with this it was essential really um and so yeah we we you, we usually take a day to record two episodes that's trev simon and my bits and it depends who's available really um so sometimes it takes for um dune will come in and do her bits extra and david annan who's a great friend of all of ours who plays Um, Jeremy who's um, sort of he's the announcer he's absolutely brilliant he's very funny he was he's also got a Doctor Who connection because he was in the um, wonderful thing written by Mark Gatiss um, for the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who um, Adventures in Time and Space
0: that was fantastic Um, yeah
1: yeah it was great wasn't it and he plays I can't remember, but he's in that. He's definitely in that. So we've got a connection there. He's very funny and uh, and we love working with him. So we just try and do as many people who are as available as possible and um, and try and get together as much as possible as well. And Trev and Simon, they write, I think they write, like they write a, a chunk of it and then they swap, and then they write a chunk of it and swap. Because Trev lives... Well, not in Australian terms, a long way from from (laughs) London. But but in terms of our little island, it is (laughs) quite a long way away.
0: (laughs) Now, before we talk about the Kickstarter specifically, I've just got to mention when it comes to these episodes, there's a smattering of Doctor Who jokes in them. I remember one where you found Doctors, uh, I think, what, when... Uh, why? Uh, <laughs> and lurking around yes. the corner was well, no prizes for guessing who. Did Trev and Simon put yeah. these things in to wind you up, or is it an appeal to your fans, or maybe a bit of both?
1: It's a bit of both, I think. it's It's got to be. It's got to be said, hasn't it? The Doctor Who thing. I think there's another bit in one of the episodes where I where I actually say I used to have a Doctor one, uh, once, but I can't remember who it was, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so it, it's great. It's funny for us, and it's hopefully funny for the fans as well. And like a little little reference, little references to Doctor Who.
0: Very cool. Now, the Kickstarter specifically, the original Kickstarter for the the first few episodes of Strangers in Space was in early 2015. It was looking for I think fifteen thousand pounds, and made just shy of twenty thousand. Uh, this one still has twenty two days to go, looking for ten thousand pounds and has already made six thousand one hundred and forty seven so I think it 's off to a pretty
1: good start oh yeah we 're absolutely delighted and and thanks to so thanks to everybody who 's already um, pledged their money it 's a beautiful thing a Kickstarter because the thing is it 's totally democratic. Uh, if people like it, they will pledge their money. And there's nothing to lose either. So because if we don't make our target, God forbid, nobody pays any money. So you don't lose anything. So, you know, you can pledge whatever you like as well from a few quid for some badges to we've got some fantastic perks going on. We've got T-shirts and beanies and bags and we've also got a chance to be an executive producer i think that one's still going and uh we've got this wonderful thing called the wormhole as well which is on the uh on the website which is a place where uh, people who pledge to be in in the wormhole they get to see exclusive stuff of us messing about basically um (laughs) but hopefully that's that's quite appealing and funny um Yeah, so there's all sorts of perks. But as I say, people don't have to spend the money until we make the total amount. And Kickstarter is a great way of people getting projects off the ground that would not normally see the light of day. Because let's face it, if Trev and Simon had written Strangeness in Space and we'd gone down the normal commissioning route with it, It would possibly still be in discussion and meetings with people, whereas we've managed to already make four episodes that have been very well thought of and uh, very well loved by a lot of people. So it's working very well. And we just want to keep up the momentum now because we've had a kind of a great start And now we're likely to have maybe a bit of a plateau or maybe not. Um, So I would urge anybody who's at all interested to get on the website, get and uh, find out how they can how they can back us.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there are some great reward tiers. As you mentioned, you know, I think three pounds, you can hear the episode before everyone else, five pounds for the badge pack, eight pounds for a tote bag. But if you really want to splurge for 2,720 pounds, uh, Trev and Simon will make duvets, uh, bespoke duvets, and will come <laughs> to your house and make your bed with the bespoke duvets. They will do duvets.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah, the last one, they, uh, they wrote song people as well, um, which was great. So they you could, they could um, do your own private song just for you. And then I'd, I did, um, and I'm still doing um, video messages as well. If you want your own personalized video message from me or from Trev and Simon, then you can just, uh, you can ask for that too. And I really enjoy doing those. People have, people have um, had them, uh, there's one, one person, Kirsty, who um, she asked me to do a, a video message for her wedding. And she actually played it at her wedding. It was great. She's oh, she sent wow. a little she tweeted a picture of herself sitting on the floor at her wedding reception, watching me with her video message, which was just so sweet. It was really great.
0: One of one of the tears I've liked, you've you've done it in the past, Kickstarter and now in this one again, and they've all sold out this time already, is when people can get their names into the script. And I was listening, I think it's episode yes. one, and some of the names that popped up, I thought, I know that person. <laughs> they, they follow me on <laughs> yes. Twitter or whatever.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah, I think we had a Jenny Shirts um, Fish and Chip Shop and things like that. Jenny's been a long term supporter of us, and uh, that's the and one a that stood out mine. to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And a great friend of mine, Ruth Ann Stern, as well, who's a, she's an American fan, who's a great friend of mine. She pledged, and she had her name on that too. And I just think it's lovely because people, people will never forget that, and they've got that forever. Absolutely. Now, has, has
0: *Strangers in Space* been your first experience with crowdfunding, either on on that side of the fence, or even as a uh, as a consumer? Have you backed anything before?
1: Yeah. It, it has been my first experience, actually. I've seen it. I've, I've, like, I've seen it on Twitter and Facebook, obviously, for various projects. I've recently. I've. I know Paul McGann's got um, a Kickstarter um, at the moment, which I'm going to pledge to, which is um, his brother Mark has written a, a play, a short film rather, and uh, they're kickstarting for that. I just, again, I just think it's a great way of um, <clears throat> of people kind of really having projects that they've always wanted to do and managing to get the backing for it. It's great.
0: Yeah, it really is. I've backed a few uh, video games. I've backed documentaries before. There's all sorts of stuff out there to get into. Mm,
1: Exactly. It's great. Yes, and even new inventions and things. I saw once a a really cool um, cycling helmet that kind of just folds into itself and things, so for portability, you know. Yes, yep.
0: it's amazing. Yeah, and I think the Oculus Rift, that, uh, that new 3D uh, environment that you can you know, immerse yourself in, that, that started off as a Kickstarter. It's now huge.
1: Did it really? Yeah. Wow,
0: amazing. Yeah. Anyway, if, if you're a punter sitting out here on, on this side of the microphone, what, what would be your favourite reward? Would it be the certificates, the Christmas card, badges, a T-shirt? <laughs> there are so many things to choose from. What, what would excite you the most?
1: Oh gosh. Um that's a really good one. Um I should ask my son. My son, he's got a Thorleys T shirt, which he wears with pride. Um they're really good. And because it's it's kind of Thorleys is the company that is supposedly our sponsor. So uh they it, it keep they keep breaking in and saying, you know, Thorleys, Thorley's pigworm powders. <laughs> sponsoring this show things like that i Um, think
0: my favorite's been the chucky chews
1: oh yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) yes yes exactly well that you will have to listen to the episode to find out about that but um i think the worm i like the wormhole i have to say because there's a lot of good stuff in there there's uh lots of interviews and interesting little blog things and um, bits of footage outtakes and so i always love out a good outtake don't you
0: oh absolutely you know and when you're watching a film and you the credits start and you see the outtakes oh, i love that stuff <gasps> yes,
1: i love it especially um when it's uh, the animated ones where you know that they weren't outtakes that exactly. they had to just <laughs> actually, actually make them it's just great i love it
0: now you mentioned earlier how you were at university with trev and simon and uh claire was there Mm. as well this might be a bit of a a strange question Uh, the reason i'm asking is i've been recently reading stephen fry's autobiography or one of them anyway and in it he said when he met up with hugh laurie and emma thompson he knew they were going to do something you know in comedy or acting or whatever it might be did you get that sense with trev and simon that they would end up doing something
1: yeah they were doing comedy that was quite new, uh, because at the time, well, Rick Mail and Ade Edmondson were also at a, a um, university, but they, they'd they left a few years before. And I think, I can't remember where the young ones had actually started. And, and Ben Elton was also, he was doing an MA when we were there. So there was this kind of flavour of comedy in the air. But what they were coming up with was something quite new, quite different, very surreal, very... Sort of, I don't know whether it was inspired by the uh, Dadaists that we were we were studying and so on. But I was very much aware that it was something very different, and we weren't quite sure whether it was funny or not. You know that sort of thing <laughs> um, in those days when alternative comedy was first starting up. That's so right. yes, it was very obvious that they, but but we didn't really know whether that was going to. None of us really knew. You can't say. Yeah, we really don't know. We've we've got a great friend as well who is at university with us, um, Mira sial who's um she's she's in loads of wonderful um wonderful comedy and she does a lot of great acting and she did a, a one woman show called One of Us where I remember she played a waitress um on roller skates, uh written by um another a uh, friend of ours from university, Jackie Shapiro, and that went on to make her career. She went after she did it at university. She went um, touring with it and then was spotted. And um, I guess she was one. She was one of the first famous ethnic Indian actresses um, to really make it. Um, and that was that's that was brilliant too. So there was a lot of talent there, and nobody had any idea where it was going to head. Lemon, I'm worried. If Hubble is truly half automaton, automaton, automaton.
0: Alright, now to find the crowdfund, people need to go to Kickstarter.com. And I think the simplest thing is to search for Strangeness in Space Season 1 Finale Kickstarter, because the old one's also up there as well, but you need to find the new one for the finale.
1: Or I think you can go to our website, which is www.strangenessinspace.com. And then I think it will just direct you, if I'm not mistaken. But you seem to know much more about it than I do. So. <laughs>
0: Either way, you'll get there and you'll fund this episode, which I should say is actually two episodes. It's a, it's a double episode.
1: Yes, 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 it is. It's... um. It's kind of a big finale. We wanted to do something special for the last um, the last bit of this season.
0: Alrighty. Now, for our last five minutes, shall we talk Doctor Who?
1: Yes, please.
0: <laughs> All right. It's been confirmed that a classic-era Doctor Who ride will pen a story in the new series of Doctor Who that's starting next Easter. Now, podcasts from here to Antarctica are saying it's Rona Munro. And... It's not official yet, but given the praise you have for Rona in the book you wrote with Mike Tucker, called Ace, I wondered if you had any thoughts that if Rona Munro is this writer who's going to be writing for the new series, what, what that could be like.
1: Oh, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah. I would, I'd I'd love to, because, of course, since, since she wrote Survival, Rona Munro has gone on to great and amazing things um at well deservedly so um fantastic to have a, a a woman writer as well on doctor who and um yeah i don't know let's find out what happened to the 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 cheat people and, <laughs> and everything like that oh, i wonder um i'd love to be able to say oh yes yeah, she's writing a whole episode a whole episode about ace but sadly I haven't had a call yet, so it seems unlikely. Um, But who knows? No. Do you know what? It's so funny because the fans always ask us questions. You know, Sylvester and I, they say, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen? Without realising that we are the very, very last people who always know anything. You guys know much more than we do, always.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true, true. I mean, they've just made a, a recreation of Power of the Daleks, the first Patrick Troughton story. And we were saying a couple of months ago, we think they've made a colour version as well as a black and white version. That was two months ago. The BBC announced it yesterday. So, yeah, podcasters do seem to be on the ball.
1: You're (laughs) clairvoyants and you're also very good detectives and a bit nosy.
0: Uh, A bit, yeah. Uh, Now, speaking of fans, how does it feel when you can look back on almost 30 years since you became Ace and see that it's now this body of work is part of Doctor Who history, and you go to conventions, there's successive generations of fans, there's young girls dressing as Ace. H- how does that feel, now that you can look back on it with some, some time between now and when you were doing the show?
1: Oh, my word. If you told me then that I would still be playing Ace at the grand old age of 54 I am now, I would just have laughed, probably. I'm so... Grateful to Doctor Who, it's given me so many opportunities in my life and uh, and so much work. Let's face it, Sylvester always says that he never realised the job came with a pension, and it really <laughs> has. It's fantastic. That is excellent. so. Yeah, I, I'm I'm constantly grateful to Doctor Who, and I love it. And then somebody asked a very um a very interesting question at um a convention recently, and they were uh, i think it was me and debbie watling and nicola bryant and um they said what do you think you would have been like if you hadn't played the part of ace so how much of you is ace or what are the other characters mm. and how much of ace is you and i just thought oh yes how funny because i've been playing this character now for all these years there's probably a lot of me and my development into adulthood mm. that is actually that is actually kind of created by Ace. It's very strange. Yeah, it gets under I, the skin. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love the character anyway. I absolutely love playing her. And I hope to play her for many, many more years to come. I That's the beauty of audio, you see. You can get away with that. <laughs> and
0: no wobbly sets
1: no wobbly sets mind you having said that i have to defend our sets there wasn't one set that wobbled in our era right. i think that's kind of one of those misconstructions mm. i suppose you'd say yeah. um because when you look at it yeah sometimes there were sort of naff sets but uh, a, a lot of it was pretty cutting edge at its time
0: that's right now, you mentioned Sylvester a moment ago, and if I can take us back to Strangeness in Space and start to tie all of this together, at the end of episode four, and we're going to play this at the end of this episode too, after the credits, there's a, uh, a post credits scene where Sylvester turns up. Um, mm. <laughs> and it seems he's coming in to play, well, your dad, basically.
1: Yeah. Yes, we <laughs> thought that would be rather fun to have him being my dad.
0: <laughs> it's sort of a role he and played I, on Doctor Who, and now he's playing it on Strangeness.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, the funny thing is that I have absolutely no idea where that's going to go. Really? Um, cause, yeah, Trev and Simon haven't said anything yet about it. So, yeah, it's going to be really good fun to see what happens
0: well, listeners, you can hear that at the end of this episode. And now to finish, I thought we might do something fun. I thought we'd do a quick fire round. If I can give you a choice between two things like cats and dogs and you quickly tell me oh, which yes. one you, you prefer. Oh, yes. I love those questions. There's,
1: yes, there's please. There's
0: no right or wrong answers. It's just all fun.
1: Great. Good.
0: Okay, you're up for Fingers it?
1: Fingers on buzzers. Fingers yep. on buzzers.
0: All right, I'll get, I'll get the, uh, the clock started as well. I'll find a sound effect or something. Um, cool. Star Wars or Star Trek.
1: Star Trek.
0: Coke or Pepsi? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> blur or Oasis?
1: Oh, blur.
0: Okay, very cool. Boots or sandals? Boots. Early bird or night owl?
1: Early bird.
0: <laughs> they get the worm. My,
1: my son is laughing in the background. Yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> Winter or summer? Yes, I've got
1: that worm. <laughs> Winter or summer? Summer. I'm a, I'm a sun worshipper.
0: Oh, you'd love it down here at the moment. 25 degrees oh, today. It was gorgeous.
1: No, <laughs> don't. It's so cold.
0: Dark chocolate or white chocolate?
1: White chocolate.
0: Fiction or non-fiction?
1: Oh, gosh, that's hard. I'm reading a biography of Nelson, would you believe it, at the moment? But I do awesome. like a bit of fiction. Yeah, fiction. Yeah, me. okay.
0: Dancing or Singing. Oh, they're getting harder, aren't they?
1: (laughs) My my son's laughing again because I do both at the same time. Can I have both at the same time?
0: You can have both. (laughs) Comedy or mystery? Comedy. Asking questions or answering questions?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a good one. Adam, do I like answering questions or asking questions? You ask too many, but you answer better. There you go. Did you hear that? I did, (laughs)
0: And final one, Trevor Simon.
1: Oh no, that <laughs> is divisive. I couldn't possibly say I adore them both.
0: Well, Sophie Aldra, thank you so much for being a good sport with that and coming on the Doctor Who show.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed speaking to you.
0: Thank you. And and now listeners, do stay tuned for that special clip featuring Sophie and Sylvester Interior Spaceship. Diary room, post-credit teaser, or appendix. (laughs) Genius.
1: Oh, Oh, you're a cutie, little puppy. And you'll be safe here with us. Lemon? Is that you? Affirmative. Forgive me for intruding, but I have been working to repair the ship's temporal messaging
0: network. And it would appear I've succeeded.
1: Really? Oh, Lemon, that is fantastic.
0: Unfortunately, the system only operated for a brief moment. Temporarily, so to speak.
1: But you managed to send a mayday signal?
0: Negative. (sighs) But while the network was active, I did receive a message. What? What? Who from? Where? I managed to save it on the utility drive. It breaks up intermittently, but... I will leave you to listen. Activating playback now.
1: Message received.
0: Sophie! If you're receiving this, be assured, we're coming to find you. We need to bring you home. But we believe... We have finally located your position in both space and time. You may be struggling to understand how I am able to talk to you like this. We can't be sure, but we
1: suspect your space-time orientation sensors are not functioning correctly. Nothing is functioning correctly on this ship. You've been away from us now for years. Years? Don't give up, Sophie. I'm trying to find you! Just remember...
0: End of message.
1: No! Wait! Select activate to hear the message again. Dad... Dad...